0: And just like that, we are going to kick things into gear. What is digital horse racing? And why is it so damn fun? Ever wonder how childhood gaming memories shape the future of innovation and technology? What do digital horses eat? Chaos, the clarity, noise, the narrative. It is time for some rare bits. And today we have Ian in the hot seat. He is we are going to be diving deep into the into the world of digital horse racing with our guest. He is a creative mind to say the least. He brought us the Hit Sticks. He's involved with current projects like Photo Finish Game and the MVP Society. He's got 24 years of game dev experience that he brings to the table with everything that he does. He's had notable roles as creative director of Madden Football, FanDuel, and Zynga. He is just a wealth of information, and I am super excited to pull some of that magical mystery that he brings to the table out. We're going to jump to some questions with Ian in half a sec, but before we do, we're just going to take a quick fingerprint of the day. Today, the Crypto Green and Fear Index is at 66 degrees. We're up four. We are back in the green in crypto land, and we love to see it. Bitcoin is above 45,000. ETH is almost at 2,500. And the lovely Solana is back over $100. And we're looking to crack that magical 106 number today as far as technical analysis goes. Top NFT search term is ERC404, the new hybrid token. Did you guys know that Polkadot, you can mint 5,000 NFTs per minute? Roblox just introduced real-time translation. Access Protocol's token has spiked 50% and Bitcoin is breaking out. I am so excited. Markets digested, headlines dissected, and now it is time to turn to the builders. We are going to talk to Ian. He is in the hot seat today. And Ian, what I want to do, I'm going to put up links for all your stuff so people can deep dive. But if you can give us like a three-minute just origin story, let us know how you got here and maybe highlight the minute that you knew that game development was for you. And that has kind of set us up for a bunch of incredible questions. And I do want to say thank you for joining us today. And I am thrilled to have you here, my man. How are you? I'm good. Can you hear me
1: okay? Yes, you sound great. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so what we're building today, a photo finish live, uh, 3D horse racing game and ecosystem. Uh, sort of a brand new world here where... Uh, anyone can become a horse racing owner it's uh, democratized to the masses um, still involving real money uh, out there trying to become a magnate or an entrepreneur in the horse racing world but you don't have to own an animal so um, it's been an exciting adventure how we got here this is our third horse racing game the uh, studio third time that uh, I founded back in 2015 has has really been focused on this niche of horse racing for a long time now. And then, yeah, prior to that, I was at EA Sports and, and FanDuel and Zynga. Um, always been a sports fan and, and sports sort of runs in my blood. Um, and, you know, this was a natural extension, finding a, a new sport that I felt was underserved and had a huge worldwide appeal, but but didn't necessarily have a good game. And so that's what we've been working on for, for, for so many years now at this point. Uh, how did I know that game dev was for me? I mean, I was a gamer my whole life, you know, grew up uh, glued to my Nintendo and my Sega and then my PlayStation and, and my PlayStation 2 and just kind of all, always around it, always excited by it. I also grew up playing sports and so, you know, a lot of the my favorite games were Madden and NHL hockey and a lot of the EA sports games, NFL blitz as well. So I love games like that. I loved playing uh, everything always. And so when I got an opportunity to be a game tester in um, my sophomore year of college, that was my, my way into the industry and have been here ever since that was the inspiration of like learning how it all worked and seeing behind the curtain and I was hooked from the moment I got there. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing since.
0: Ian, what an awesome story. Just to begin as a game tester, I think. One, I, I'm not sure a lot of people even knew that title exists as something you could pursue. But apparently it does. Listen, um, talk to me about what sparked your interest in exploring the connection between gaming and the blockchain.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think. We were at a little bit of an impasse, right? So we had been working on these horse racing games. Um, We had two mobile horse racing games that were pretty different from each other, but at the same time, you know, obviously they were in the same sport and uh, they had been successful in their own ways. One was very successful in terms of uh, downloads. The other was a lot more successful in terms of retention or revenue. And so,
0: and Ian, let me get you to even just double click on photo finish a bit more, like just, just a brief synopsis that you are actually breeding, you're, you're involved in all of the things that you would do as a living, breathing horse owner, but it is digital. And in doing that, you kind of remove a ton of the friction that's
1: involved. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there, there's sort of a romantic view that a lot of people have of horse racing. You know, there's these huge events. You get dressed up. There's always money on the line. It's it's kind of a good blend of sort of the high class with also like full on degen you know, gambling, if that's what you're into. And uh, I think I've always seen that, that the sport is very attractive to you know, a huge swath of people, but it's also exclusive. Like if, even if you have this fantasy or this vision of like, man, it would be cool to be an owner of a horse. Wouldn't it be cool to go to a track and watch my horse run? Wouldn't it be cool to tell my friends, Hey, tune in at six. Uh, my horse is racing. He has a good shot. You should go bet on him. You know, that, that's such a very uh, interesting concept, but no one knows where to start. It's too exclusive. It's too expensive you know, I, I got myself, I dipped my toe into horse ownership and it's insane. You know, it's actually, I have a fraction of an ownership with a big syndicate of people. And even still, it's, it's so prohibitive cost wise. It's a horrible financial decision. Our horse got hurt. And every month I'm getting bills from surgeons and and chiropractors and all these things, you know, (laughs) and, uh, injections you know, it's, it's just a crazy high end sport. And so, you know, that notion for us of like, well, what if uh, you didn't have all of that, but, but, you know, and obviously you don't have the thrill of going to the track, but this is a new world, you know, we're all kind of happy at our house. And, and, uh, you know, what if there's a virtual version of that, that is lower cost, lower barrier of entry, but still has a lot of the thrill, still, still achieves the fantasy. So, yeah, so that's what Photo Finish uh, really provides is, is horse ownership in a, in a virtual world um, rather than in real life, no real animal. Is, is involved.
0: And, um, and you, you know what it's funny because I, I had the opportunity to speak with Aaron D gods and mm, mm-hmm. he is just a huge proponent of this ecosystem and hearing him talk about it was really nice. just yeah you, oh, yeah. you guys are, are kicking it yeah you're kicking the ball out of the park and I think it's absolutely brilliant. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the thing to note, I guess, so back to the original part of like, you know, what drew us to the blockchain? Again, it, it was this sort of impasse where the mobile games were, were reaching a little bit of a ceiling. Um, we, we couldn't quite do a lot of the things that we wanted to. Horse racing is synonymous with real money. That is why people watch it is the sort of degen angle. And the more that we would try to do certain things like add, you know, even if it's a real money tournament or add a wager, it was really hard to do any of that only supporting Apple and Google. They have mm-hmm. very strict review standards. They would shoot down um, reviews that we would put in. We would put in, you know, small versions of those features that weren't even for real money, and they would, they would turn it down, just saying, well, we don't allow this. And, and then you'd have to fight them back and be like, well, look, it's not real, and... So there was a lot of that pushback. And so the the success of, of TopShot, you know, and my friends getting into that and seeing it work, it was really like the light bulb went off for me of like, OK, this is maybe time to go ahead and try this. Now, I never, uh, you know, I didn't really bet the company on it. It was really still like, let's let's go explore. Let's build a prototype. Let's figure out an idea. And immediately we saw the traction within the crypto community and knew that this was going to be a good approach to try, you know, and at least get it all the way out. Uh, we shipped a, a beta within five or six months of, 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 announcing. And once that beta came out and we saw the way people were reacting and playing, we, we knew we had something special uh, from there.
0: Uh, and, and then Ian, it's funny, like just with your experience um, with Madden football, I think that gave you some really interesting insight into the gaming world. What, what what about the the photo finish? Do you feel like carries that message that you're going to be able to capture the attention of the mainstream gamers as we start to move forward?
1: Yeah, I mean, there, part of my 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 upbringing is that EA Sports it's in the game and it's weird, but that's burned in my brain. You know, like that Ian, is, Ian, it is burnt EA Sports. Yeah it's in the game. Like it is burned into my brain as well. Yeah. Everyone. Right. And so now you imagine, uh, growing up playing those games and then working for 10 years at that company and, and just, you know, that was always a driving force for me at Matt on Madden on NCAA football was like, how authentic can we make this game, uh, to really faithfully reproduce the sport and, and as a player, I always respected that. I loved that part. I mean, I learned how hockey worked from EA Sports games. I didn't know how icing, what it was. I didn't know what offsides was. You know, I didn't know any of that until by except from playing the game. You know, I was in Tennessee. They didn't have hockey, and so it's like there's something really special I've always found about that to, to really faithfully represent the sport. And I think that's what was so great about Madden and even meeting John himself. I mean, that was his whole thing. If you watch any of the old interviews, every single football game prior to Madden was like seven on seven kind of dinky, you know, this and that. And, and he came in and said, no, you're not going to put my name on this unless it's 11 on 11 with real plays and all of these authentic things. And you know, I think as a as a gamer or as a kid when that came out, it was mind blowing of like, Oh my god, there's all these different defensive packages and all this stuff and you start to learn the sport through of course very fun gameplay. And so I look at horse racing exactly the same. I mean, there's a lot of in-depth concepts to horse racing that um are very strategic and hard to understand and and, and uh you know take a lot of skill to to get your head around and and study. But I think that's also really fun. I mean, that's one of the main uh, you know, <laughs> reasons that people find fun in their life is a skill or a mastery that they pick up. And so this is a brand-new puzzle for a lot of people to solve, and um, I think it's great to, to teach people that way through, uh, through a digital or an interactive medium. I mean, you know, my, my son is interested in horse racing because of just seeing the way the game works and stuff. And so uh, there's a lot to it. And, and yeah, that's why it's that's why I'm built that way. I don't think that, um, you know, uh, the, the, the whole slogan of, of Photo Finish Live is as real as it gets. And and the reason we say that is just because we're trying at nearly every turn to point it at real life and because it's so easy to get off of that track and it's so easy to go, look, man, this part is really strange. Let's go come up with a weird new way to solve this problem. But in my uh, perspective, right, it's been, if you just lean towards the way real life handles those problems, you're, you're going to not really accidentally get yourself into some weird corner, you know? And so, so anyway, yeah, I think a lot of that uh, vibe of authenticity and realism mixed with, you know, trying to make sure there's always a lot of skill and strategy involved uh, is really my North Star and, and how I've been designing games since since I got the, got the role. And then, Ian, kind of a two-part
0: question that, that kind of has something to do with the, the explanation that you just gave. One, I f- found it really interesting that you said that Madden was one of the strong proponents behind having the game be ultra-real, with the oh, yeah. players and and all of that stuff, I think that is really interesting, just because he was from a different generation and him having the foresight to to think that authenticity is what was going to be a game changer. and it definitely was. I think that is really cool. And I think it's also really interesting that you are bringing that realism in photo finish. and if you learn the photo finish game, in essence, you're learning the real horse race trade a bit. So I, I think, yeah, un- uncovering the mysteries in the digital world to lay over into the physical world I think is absolutely brilliant. Um give me a give me an idea as to when or how you decided to incorporate NFTs into this ecosystem.
1: Yeah, so you know as I said we were pretty excited about um this notion of going into crypto. Um we saw Top Shot, we, you know, I was I was I was really like kind of brainstorming around what is what is the concept here of this game it, it, what does it look like if you know in our third horse racing game we are no longer in charge we are no longer of the control point what if the what if the market or the economy is entirely done by the users by the players and so we were super excited by that notion but we kind of didn't know how to get from point a to point b and so we were, at the time, a lot of investors were courting us. A lot of blockchains were courting us to say, hey, we, you know, obviously at the time Zed Run had popularity. Uh, people knew us. They knew that we had a successful horse racing game already. And they're saying, hey, please bring your, uh, you know, bring your horse racing game to our chain, you know, like Flow and Dapper, for example, were really trying to get um, Photo Finish over on to, you know, be, be next door to Top Shot. And so it was like, we're evaluating all these uh, chains and evaluating all these concepts and trying to learn how it all works. And, you know, at the end of the day, it was like, well, let's experiment. Let's look at the chain. Let's, let's, let's mess around with what we like the most and what we don't. And so we were creating NFTs like on testnet on pretty much every chain, you know, messing around, experimenting with every chain. And we really liked Solana. And so what we ended up settling on was let's just create an NFT that at the original plan was going to be kind of a a VIP pass into the ecosystem. We were going to use it as a key and Mm -hmm. we were going to mint 10,000 and we had all of our existing player base. That that was basically the idea. We're going to like, okay, we're going to create this uh, set and Hey, come on over current players, grab yourself an NFT, learn along with us. It's super cheap. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll start off our development on the third game, and you can ride ride the wave, you know, uh, it'll be fun. And so we set up all of that, and, you know, unbeknownst, I guess, or, or what was unplanned was that it basically kind of went viral, I guess. Um, Big Brain and uh, Mike Dudas, you know, tweet during the mint, and so we've got our, you know, few hundred players over on the game trying to figure out how Phantom works, and before we know it, you know, fifteen thousand Dgens roll into our Discord and mint out in just a couple of minutes. So it was like, oh crap. So that was really the uh, somewhat unexpected, you know, um, push from from this community. And then it was really on us then for months to try and make sure we didn't lose everyone, give people something to do while we built the game out. And so there was a lot of us just really prototyping, experimenting, you know, building interesting ideas off of that. Uh, initial set of uh, mints to uh, to kind of give the NFT people something to do and trade and, and have fun while we built the core game out. So uh, it was a fun, I mean, it was definitely, uh, I don't want to say unexpected that the mint sold out, unexpected how quickly it all happened and then, you know, made us react a little bit to, uh, and that's how you saw some of our things early on, which were these really interesting mechanics about breeding to. NFTs together and all these just sort of like a lot of trading heavy mechanics to try and get people to to match up different NFTs with other people. and So that was a lot of where that came from was uh, us trying to make sure that we could (laughs) give people something to do uh, for the six or so months it took to get the game out.
0: And then, Ian, can you shed any light on any differences that you've found between building in, let's say, the traditional gaming space and the space when you all of a sudden infuse crypto into the game.
1: Oh, man, it's totally different. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the understatement of the year. I mean, the biggest change, of course, is that you have to run a real economy. Like you you kind of end up in this role of uh, Paul, my CTO, actually said it yesterday in a meeting we were having. It's like you end up in this role of like you're the Fed, you know, and and now all of a sudden these changes that you're doing and you're making have wide-reaching economic impact to your player base, and I definitely was. You know, this is this is uncharted territory for every single game developer. You know, that is something that's really new to try and figure out. And now we, of course, cared a lot about our economies. We ran free-to-play games, and we did have to balance those economies because that's how you make money. You have to have a really tightly controlled economy. But this is a whole different world. I mean, the fact that you can't mint new things when you want to, uh, that that's the difference. Free-to-play, you, you have an infinite money printer. You can always give away a currency at all times. And uh, anytime the user wins something or does something, you can just shower them with whatever, you know, the, whatever currency, uh, gems or what have mm-hmm. you. And uh, you mint them out of thin air. And in this world, they have to come from a treasury and you have to, you know, make sure that it's all balanced. If you do that, you can't. You can't be like the Fed and just print money (laughs) Um, because, yeah, it's all going to tip over. So it it is really interesting and difficult and and exciting. I mean, it's just such a new world that um, I love being on the forefront of some of that. Um, That's what I've been driven to in my whole career, like trying out new things and and trying to be a little bit ahead of the curve. And then it does feel like in this instance, we really have uh, something special. I,
0: I would absolutely agree with you. You definitely have something special. Um, give me your biggest win in the crypto space thus far.
1: Uh, that's a good one. I mean, I would say our tokenomics and uh, our, our plan in the game. Now, myself, my own personal one. Um, let's see. What did I hit? I hit a big one. Uh, I, I minted a portal that uh, was the one of the ultra rare ones. I got nice. lucky on that and I sold it though. So it, all my biggest win was also my biggest loss. So <laughs> I, uh, I sold it for 20 grand. I minted it for like a hundred dollars, right? Sold it for 20 grand that night. And uh, two days later they sold for 200 grand, I think. So uh, huge paper hands fail. And then bonk, I also did great. Um, so when bonk first came out, I bought like 14 or 15 billion bonk because mm-hmm. I thought this is hilarious. This is great. Similarly, I think I turned that into a 15 or 20k profit. and similarly if I'd held on to it for a year, you know to this yeah. recent pump that would have been another like $300,000 or something so um, you know uh, you just take your wins, I guess. but yeah in terms of us, yeah our biggest win in crypto has been our design. I think the, the notion of the way racing works with our token um, I feel is one of the stronger and more interesting plays in the crypto space. Everybody else feels like the token has no point existing. Um, and ours, it actually makes a lot of sense to exist. And I really am proud of that and where we settled in. And do you have a TikTok account? I don't know. Um, we just set one up for photo finish, but no, I, I don't. Why, 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 where are you getting at that? No, no, I just, the, you know, just some, some questions. I, I
0: just, want okay, to, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm interested in providing information for listeners who are, want to get into this space or so looking for guidance or clues on ways to get ahead and I'm just looking at your overall impact in the crypto space and just wondering what are you guys doing to kind of keep traction and stay in the limelight um yeah
1: oh that's very hard i mean obviously you can see the the most successful projects in crypto are the ones with attention economy figured out and that's weird that's weird for me um because i'm over here like no it's the product it's what we build it's it's uh it's our our worth our, our design our our focus on detail or you know whatever it is and and that kind of doesn't matter as much at least in the crypto twitter sphere so when you ask about yeah what are we doing to, to succeed i mean i think we've done a great job fostering our community and a lot of that is being authentic with them transparent with them and, and being available a lot um i mean i'm, I'm in the discord every day pretty much hanging out, talking with people. We have a great community management team and people that are always in there answering questions. And then our community itself who has been ride or die with us is is kind of unmatched. I mean, they, they are in there to help every single new person come along. Um, So a lot of that was really on purpose. Again, building trust with this community over time, you have to really work your ass off to make that happen. And even when, you know, there's some bad beats here and there, They'll understand where you're coming from. They'll they'll still ride or die with you, uh, even if there are things that might hurt or sting a little. You know they're they're gonna they're gonna understand or they'll listen to you or they'll discuss it or argue with you. But it, it's still um, that is sort of a superpower of ours. I think at this point is our is our community. But yeah, the growth part. You know we're we're at the point now where we're starting to grow outward of crypto Twitter because, um, you know, I, I look at photo finishes a rich future as a game that appeals to everyone. You shouldn't have to have a phantom wallet or something, you know, you don't need to be trading DGEN coins to enjoy photo finish. It's just like our other games, which, you know, had millions of players. We've got to go find them. Now we're going to go start attracting in all of the other people that uh, aren't just crypto DGENs and our growth has been amazing. And it's been so exciting to have, uh, you know, four or five X of the number of players, that, you know, show up in the last few months. But at the same time, they're still very crypto heavy, crypto forward. A lot of them are also um, insanely focused on, you know, plus EV strategies of mining tokens. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily the type of gamer that runs these games. You know, like most most horse racing people just want to have fun uh, playing horse racing. And so I need a, you know, a few thousand of those players that will come in and just have a hell of a time uh, enjoying this game that we built, which is, you know, a really exciting and strategic and fun a great game doesn't really matter, uh, the crypto side for a lot of people. So, um, anyway, uh, that's, that's what we're doing right now.
0: And, and you know what, it's, it's funny. This, it kind of touches on my next question and you, I, you may have answered it inadvertently already, but just the fact that the crypto component is not super important. What I was going to ask was how do you balance the complexity between digital horse racing, um, you, meaning you want to appeal to the newcomer, but also have enough flavor in there. So somebody that is a, is a horse racer or understands the the nomenclature a bit better, it, they find is, is exciting as exciting as the newcomer.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, that is always a challenge and something we continue to work on. Uh, so right now you look at a game that still does have some of those crypto elements, uh, you know, as key aspects. So. Every time you win a race, you're earning crown, which is a token, which you have to learn how to use crypto in order to, you know, exit or use, or you can stake it back onto the track and maybe you don't necessarily learn. So, there, you know, there's a few things there that are kind of close to being like, you know, we've fully obfuscated the the tokenomics and the, and the uh, you know, crypto grognardi things. Mm-hmm. But uh, we've also, you know, I think we do a, a decent job of leaning into it as well of uh, you know some of these concepts, being able to make sure that we're transparent, like all of our wallets are publicly on display and a lot of the good things about the chain that you can do. But I mean, the, the game is really hardcore and, and, and I'm not really ashamed of that. I think it's sort of a self-selecting process that like if you're just some casual like Candy Crush player, it's probably not the game for you, but if you are into DraftKings, if you're into FanDuel, if you're into poker, if you're into that sort of skill-based, heavy detail spreadsheets, you love playing fantasy football against your friends. You know that is the type of game we are. And I think when people drop in for those first few minutes and they get a free horse, and oh shit, you know what? Uh, one of these horses sold for fifty grand. Like, and I could breed one myself you know, it self-selects. If that doesn't appeal to you, then I'm I'm not going to try and convince like there's no amount of tutorials and videos that'll, you know, that'll convert them. Um, so yeah. Um,
0: Ian, in, in your, in your personal trading, do you use technical analysis or do you just kind of go for
1: what feels good? Yeah, totally awful trader. I mean, I, (laughs) I I've had so many, I I don't really trade, right? I don't have time. Yeah. I just, I've bought a ton of shitty NFTs that have all gone to nothing and I've bought coins that have all done nothing. And, you know, I, I really, I don't experiment much. I just, it's the fact that I'm on that spaces every morning with easy and those guys that I'm, you know, I'm just in there listening and it always sounds so fun and exciting. Oh man, there's some new shit coin they're talking about and I'll just go buy it, you know, sight unseen. I love it. Lose my ass off, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not – I've never looked at a chart and had any idea what's even happening. I just sort of like, all right, yeah, whatever. I'll throw 100 bucks on it, you know, that kind of thing. It's gambling I mean, for me.
0: And listen, with your gaming experience, um, when you look future forward, right, into the next 10, 20 years, um, is is there any anything that you – Like, do you have any predictions about where we may go? And I I think with that same thing, it's really interesting that we just had the Apple Vision Pro come out, and it's gotten mixed reviews granted. But when we look at technology, physical physical pieces of hardware that are infused with technology that are going to become – possibly second nature to us wearing or having on. I listened to somebody walking around a mall with their Apple Vision Pro on and basically stating that they're going to wear it for the rest of their life because it enhances <laughs> everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like we're, we're definitely not there yet. But when you look at gaming um, and, you know, what I'm, I'm even calling all the way back to the comment that you made toward the beginning when when you said that John Madden didn't want to have a seven-on-seven football game. He wanted... To have it be as realistic as possible, so when we move forward into the metaverse, the idea is that everything becomes more real. Um, where do you think digital horse? Like, could you see Apple Vision Pro and being able to sit on the horse for a race? Is are
1: these things that are coming down the pike? Any predictions? Um, I, I'm, I'm, so I don't know if I'm the best person to ask about some of these. Obviously, I, I am very much into the game industry, but like when it comes to AR and VR, like I, I have been excited, but also pretty bearish about the, the, the concepts. Now, I think that there's something amazing to a future where we can augment our life with, with extra data and displays. I mean, now I it might be, yeah, 15 or 20 years or, or even longer to get these things to a form factor that isn't ridiculous. I mean, that Vision Pro is such a lame piece of hardware on your face and i would never walk around with that but okay maybe it's the step that was needed you know to get us to the next one yeah, but at some level it's just like the, it's horrible it's so stupid to to look like that and to have to carry a battery pack and these things i mean it's 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 insane really it's like the virtual boy or something from 20 years ago so uh even with all the tech i think that's good now um Yeah, I I do consider a future where we do plug in and don't really leave our house much or we experience things. We're able to go to Roman Coliseums and feel like we're there and and all of that. Gaming, it's just the biggest problem with VR and AR right now is just almost all of them are like neat experiences for a few minutes and then that's it. And uh, you don't really care about doing it again. You don't make it a core part of your life the way that your phone is or the way that even your console is. They're all just sort of like these neat one-off experiences. They're amazing as amusement park rides, but they're not like a core part of your life. Mm -hmm. So that's – as a builder, that's why I haven't jumped in on them. You know, like the very first – when the very first VR came out uh, on that Samsung S6 where you could plug it in, I went and bought one. And the very first thing I did was make it so you could ride a horse in VR. Um, You know, we had a track, and you could jump on it, and it was, you know, it was like, okay – it was nauseating. It didn't matter. It never felt like anything you'd ever do again. And again, it feels like a theme park or amusement park ride. Well too. Um, yeah, pure novelty, pure just like thing. So uh, until something changes, form factor or, you know, uh, so one other killer app or something like that. Now, I mean, again, my kids, like they will spend a decent amount of time in VR. Like my, my son and daughter are playing Gorilla Tag all the time. They're playing job simulator all the time. So they, they have more of a propensity to it than I do, for sure. And I, and I do realize that, like, okay, well, if, if kids are doing it, then it's going to, you know, it's going to be more mainstream adopted. But for me as a builder, it's just too, um, too too little of a experience that we're like, you know, we have to make sustainable businesses. You have to make games that last a long time. Uh, that are going to sell a bunch of copies or whatever it is. And it's just not there yet uh, from my perspective to to run Mm -hmm. as a a live service. Will it in the future? I'm sure it will. Um, And I don't know if I'm going to be the guy to build it, (laughs) you know, but um, someone will. But yeah, I'm just not as crazy about it, you know. I don't think it's cool enough or long-term enough uh, to do it.
0: Ian, it's interesting. Um, When we talk about building and you being a game developer and a builder and creative thinker. And I'm just keen in on your statement when you said you watch your kids play VR tag. Do you feel like, you, you know, and, and then I think shortly thereafter, you said that if kids do it, people will do it. Do you have the opportunity to utilize your kids as kind of a tool for figuring out what may work? Do you, do you look to them for insight? Because oh, yeah. they are younger.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's a, it's an interesting generation when you think about it. So like my son in the middle of third grade, right, had a world pandemic hit and he was locked in his house for a year. Schools closed. Um, yeah, my daughter was in kindergarten. You know, it's like so there's a formative part of their year where they kind of plugged into the online world as their way to be social. And you can see it. That it's very natural to them now to, like, hang out in a metaverse. Uh, they they use games and they use interactive media as the way to be social. And, you know, at some level we could argue whether that's good or bad, right, for their future. Uh, but, but the majority of the time, my son would, would obviously much rather be plugged in with his friends playing a game online than even mm-hmm. hanging out with them in person, right? It's just sort of like he's relaxing, he's having a good time, they're all making jokes, blah, blah, blah. So I mean I definitely see that, and I mean that is where I got a lot more of some of the belief of like, all right, well maybe we should be building more social things. You know I have tried building uh, just little prototypes within games like Roblox because you do see that it they are sticky. It is sort of a world that people like hanging out in. Um, but yeah, you know obviously with me heavily working on a real money game right now, I just sort of like all right, kids, we'll just we we disconnect a little bit on that. Because my son is always like, hey, can I come play? You know, can I do this? Can I pick the horse? I'm like, no, son, that's illegal.
0: <laughs> you know, it's 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 no. funny. You, something that you brought up, which, which I think is really interesting, and I think we have been the beneficiary of some of this in the crypto space in general, is not that the pandemic was a good thing, but I think that the pandemic may have moved the technology needle and the crypto needle further ahead than possibly we were ready for. Maybe ready for is the wrong is the wrong iteration of that. But with the money that was infused to people, I think a lot of people turned to the crypto market to see if they could make it work. And with the having, you know, the the pandemic and forcing people to stay home, I think people turned to their electronics and I do believe that for gaming and electronics and cryptocurrency we moved quicker ahead than we might have been ready for and it was due to that pandemic and i'm wondering now that the pandemic has kind of subsided and people have gone back to their own ways have you found that that the interaction in the video digital world has has dropped off or Is it similar to your son where he has found interest in it and it will be a part of his life forever moving forward?
1: I think it is more of the latter. I mean, there's, there's certain things that you can see that stayed, I mean, especially within tech and within game development, which is like remote work, uh, socializing online more, you know, playing games online more is definitely there. And some of that for me personally is way better. I mean, when I think about when I, uh, did all of these fundraising meetings. I mean, I've had over a hundred probably meetings with different investors, right? And I think back to 10 years ago when I worked with like a small startup, he did all of those in person. <laughs> um, and I just think about what an absolute nightmare that is that he would have had to fly to to Silicon Valley, to Menlo Park and get shot down over and over and over again. Or, or to go interview someone, they have to fly to meet you um, you know, th- that sort of unlock of Zoom and telecommunications now being socially acceptable for people to meet, to, to interview, to work uh, digitally, I think was a huge accelerant on on tech. And, and obviously for me, it's like, yeah, it's, it's been a life changer to be able to do that stuff from the comfort of my office or my home. So I do think that, yeah, the digital side, I mean, you can see the contraction that's happening right now in the game industry as I think COVID got everyone over their skis quite a bit. I mean, games was of course surging, you know, 30, 40% gains because people had nothing else to do. And then game companies, some of them thought, well, this is never going to stop, so let's go hire a ton of people, which was I think kind of a stupid move and 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 then now you're seeing these huge layoffs, you know, Microsoft, Activision, EA, Unity, just doesn't stop. They're having these monster 5%, 10%, 15%, you know, of the workforce getting let go. So you see that like pullback, um, which I don't know, most people should probably have expected that of course it was a boom while people were trapped in their house and it's going to come back down to earth, but it, it's not like it's uh, slowed down. It's still growing. Gaming continues to grow. Entertainment continues to grow. Um, so obviously I love the industry we're in. I don't think it's ever going anywhere. That's for sure.
0: And then, Ian, if you could give yourself advice, let's, let's say you could go back 15 or 20 years, what what advice would you give yourself getting into this game? And and I want to I want to I want to gear your answer specifically toward people that are running into resistance, and sometimes that resistance becomes overwhelming, and people might decide this is too tough for me. I'm going to give up. I am not going to continue. Yeah. And find it really interesting that you got to start as a game tester and it it led you down a really interesting path and i just wonder is there any moment that you needed some inspiration or any insight that you could share to people who might be struggling through some things right now
1: no that's great i mean i you know i often thought like did i spend too much time of my life at at ea you know that was my entire 20s was at ea sports and and that time was also um like sleeping at the office almost, you know, I worked incessantly and the majority of my twenties was uh, being obsessed with working on Madden and making Madden the best it could be. And so I don't know, half of myself, I look back with the fond memory of like, wow, we had so many fun times, you know, we're there working late, we're doing whatever goofy thing, we're playing video games, we're, you know, having a good time. But I also could have probably traveled a little bit. I could have seen some other things, um, you know, because then once you have kids, everything changes. Uh, Once I had kids starting in my 30s, you know, you're just locked into your life. You're not really going around much. You got your one little vacation a year, which is not really a vacation because you have kids. Um, So I think there's some of that that, you know, would be more like enjoy that young era when when you're untethered. But in terms of like going out and getting after it, I mean, I try to say this a bunch when I do talks and stuff like that, that like we are in this world now that is, there, there are zero excuses. I mean, when when I first started in games and I had all these game ideas that I wanted to do, uh, there was no way to make a game and, and publish it. You know, how else, if I, even if I had somehow figured out how to get a disc made on a PlayStation, which was already a major problem, how am I going to get Sony to okay it? You know, how am I going to, there was such a massive barrier to that and all that's gone. And that, that sort of notion of like, anyone can make a game. Anyone can build a game company. Anyone can build an entertainment company. You can go watch some YouTube tutorials. You can set a formation of a company up online. You can really do anything. There's no excuse to learn and to try. And I think that was really, you know, the exciting part for me when I finally made the jump out of the corporate game dev and into my own thing that it was like, maybe I could have done it a little bit earlier, but for the most part, a lot of that was just like, it was time because it was possible. It was now like I could publish a game on Apple. I could go and create my own website. I could do, you know, I could learn how to do anything myself that before was like very much, you know, off limits. And then now like, geez, AI can can do almost half of the heavy lifting for you anyway. So I don't know. I think it's really about at this point, like there's no fear of failure and trying things has such a low cost of, of entry at this point that um, it's exciting, I think. I mean, I, when I think about the world that my kids will be able to grow up in as adults of just like there are no barriers on being entrepreneurial, on trying ideas, coming up with wild, crazy, weird ideas. There's There's a, there's a corner on the Internet that would appreciate anything that you make no matter how weird or bizarre or cool or bad it is, like you can always find uh, someone that would probably pay for it. Um, So there's I I don't know. It's just an exciting time. I think we're just so lucky to to be alive in this timeline, to be honest. I think about like my grandfather and he didn't have electricity. He was like living on a farm and uh, what a difference uh, to what we're going through. It's great. It it is. You know, you know, it's funny. I,
0: I I was a musician growing up and, just the ability to record sound and produce it and Mm -hmm. distribute it as an individual. Now it is mind blowing that you don't have to go into a recording studio and record on, on acetate, you know, reel to reel tape players. (laughs) Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, it's, it's absolutely exciting. And Ian, we try and keep this show short. I love that you came on and shared a bunch of your insight. Um, I'm super pumped with what you guys are doing. I am going to post, yeah, dude, it's you're you're magical. You're a true chad and you're <laughs> you're you are, dude. And and your story how you came to be in this space is super uplifting and I think a bunch of people will find some some inspiration in it. I am going to post all of your links. This will be up on the podcast. I will post this today. Everything is going to be posted. People are going to be able to find you, Ian. Is there anything else that you want to say to people um before we wrap up?
1: No, yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, it's always great. I, I see so many studs and, you know, various people from our community in here. So obviously thanks guys for tuning in and always just the best community around this uh, photo finish crew. And, um, you know, happy to, to be a servant to their needs uh, and build the, the and entertain this group of players because they are uh, it's a special group. And so, yeah, so thanks everyone for joining. and Good to see all of your pretty stud faces you
0: fucking awesome. That is how we do it. That is the show. Remember the rabbit hole runs speed. If you are still craving crypto clarity, check my stuff stack. All of the Ian's links are going to be posted in the podcast. You will be able to find that everywhere. Search Rare Bits. Listen, like, subscribe, and share.
1: Warning, Rare Bits may cause hotly. Boom.